How's it going, Tyler? Hope you're enjoying your weekend so far. You've got a beautiful day ahead in No Valley, sunny with a high of 60 degrees. Just keep in mind it might get a bit chilly and foggy as the evening rolls in. Perfect weather for some homemade gelato and catching up on the latest news. First up, Apple's Vision Pro has hit the market, aiming to transform spatial computing and mixed reality with a hefty price tag. I'm Steve Onsker, and alongside Jonathan Martin, we're diving into what this means for consumers and businesses alike on the Daily Bite from PocketPod News. In other tech news, Midjourney is weighing a ban on political images of figures like Biden and Trump to curb misinformation as we approach the U.S. presidential election. And over at the Supreme Court, justices are pondering whether former President Donald Trump can be barred from state primary ballots due to his alleged involvement in the January 6th insurrection. This case could have far-reaching implications for American politics. This message is brought to you by BiteSight. Imagine the first bite into a perfectly toasted, golden brown grilled cheese sandwich, the savory aroma of a sizzling steak seasoned to perfection, or the steam rising from a bowl of fragrant ramen, with each noodle coated in a rich and flavorful broth. With BiteSight delivery, you can dive into full-screen videos of the most mouth-watering dishes from nearby restaurants, making choosing what to eat both easy and exciting. See it. Crave it. Order it with BiteSight, the video-based food delivery app. Apple's making waves again, this time in the world of virtual and augmented reality. Right, with the launch of the Apple Vision Pro, they're not just dipping their toes into spatial computing or mixed reality, as they call it. They're diving in headfirst, and it seems like they're aiming to transform not just consumer experiences, but businesses as well. To get a better sense of what this means for the future of tech in both our personal and professional lives, we'll be talking to PocketPod News Technology correspondent Alex Harmon. Alex has been following Apple's foray into this new territory closely. So, what can we expect from the Apple Vision Pro? Absolutely, Jonathan. The release of the Apple Vision Pro is indeed a pivotal moment, not just for Apple, but for the broader tech landscape, especially within the enterprise sector. This device introduces a new realm of spatial computing and mixed reality experiences that could revolutionize how businesses operate. Spatial computing sounds quite futuristic. Can you break down what this means for our listeners and perhaps give an overview of the AVP's features? Sure thing. At its core, spatial computing refers to technology that allows humans to interact with digital content integrated into their physical environment. The AVP achieves this by blending virtual objects with the real world in an immersive manner. For instance, it comes equipped with eye-tracking technology that lets users interact with macOS and iOS apps in a completely new way by simply gazing at icons to select them. That sounds incredibly intuitive. How are enterprises reacting to these capabilities? The response from the business community has been overwhelmingly positive. Apple CEO Tim Cook highlighted interest from giants like Walmart, Nike, and Bloomberg in deploying the AVP for various applications like productivity enhancements, collaborative design efforts, and immersive training programs. This broad interest underscores the device's potential to transform numerous aspects of enterprise operations. With such transformative technology comes the challenge of integration into existing systems. How is Apple addressing this? 
Apple is keenly aware of the importance of seamless integration within enterprise environments. To that end, they've announced plans to bring the AVP under their comprehensive device management framework. This move is designed to alleviate IT departments' concerns by ensuring that managing these devices is as straightforward as managing any other Apple product within their ecosystem. Let's talk about cost. A $3,500 price tag isn't exactly pocket change. How might this affect its adoption? It's a valid concern. However, Apple's strategy often involves introducing groundbreaking hardware at a premium before eventually offering more accessible versions. Despite its high initial cost, businesses are recognizing the value proposition in terms of enhanced productivity and innovative customer experiences that could justify the investment. You mentioned earlier some limitations like being tethered to a battery pack. Could you elaborate on that? Certainly. While early testers have praised its interface design and eye-tracking capabilities, there have been critiques regarding its reliance on an external battery source for power, which can impact mobility and user experience negatively, highlighting areas where future iterations could improve. That was PocketPod News Technology correspondent Alex Harmon discussing the Apple Vision Pro and its potential impact on the enterprise sector. Thanks for joining us, Alex. My pleasure, Jonathan. The AVP represents just one step towards a future where digital and physical realms blend seamlessly in our everyday lives, both professional and personal. And it's a development we'll certainly be keeping an eye on closely. In today's digital age, creating fake images and videos has never been easier. And with the upcoming U.S. presidential election, there's a growing concern about the role these AI-generated deepfakes might play in spreading political misinformation. To understand more about this issue and what companies are doing to combat it, we're joined by PocketPod News political correspondent Don Gallup. Don, how are companies like MidJourney and Meta responding to the challenge? It's quite a pivotal moment for MidJourney, as CEO David Holtz has voiced concerns over the potential misuse of their platform for generating political images that could spread misinformation during the U.S. presidential election. The company is considering a ban on such content to safeguard against the dissemination of fake images, a move that underscores the broader struggle within tech against AI-facilitated disinformation. It sounds like they've had some significant issues in the past with deepfakes and altered images. Can you elaborate on those incidents and how they're shaping this decision? Sure. Midjourney previously encountered problems when users manipulated its AI to create deepfake visuals of high-profile events, such as Trump getting arrested. These incidents went viral and raised serious concerns about the ease with which AI can be used to create convincing yet wholly fabricated visuals. In response, Midjourney ended free trials for its AI image generator, signaling a shift towards stricter controls over its technology's use. With existing rules against misleading portrayals of public figures and events, why do you think Midjourney feels a more comprehensive ban is necessary? The existing rules were certainly a step in the right direction, aiming to curb the creation of content with the potential to mislead. However, given the escalating stakes around elections and political discourse, it seems Midjourney believes these measures may not be sufficient to prevent misuse entirely. By considering a ban on all political images, they're looking to eliminate any gray areas that could be exploited for spreading misinformation. How does this align with what other tech companies are doing? Are we seeing similar moves elsewhere? Yes, we're observing a broader trend across the tech industry aimed at combating disinformation. For instance, ChatGPT is tagging images created using DAL-E3 to make it clear when content has been AI-generated. 
Meanwhile, Meta is developing technology capable of detecting whether an image, video, or audio clip was produced by AI tools. These efforts reflect an increasing recognition of the responsibility tech companies have in ensuring their platforms do not become conduits for misinformation. With these technological advancements and ethical considerations in mind, what implications might these moves have for freedom of expression and creativity online? That's a great question. On one hand, these measures are critical in preventing the spread of misinformation and protecting democratic processes. Yet on the other hand, there's an ongoing debate about how such restrictions might curb creative expression or limit legitimate uses of AI in political discourse and satire. Finding a balance between safeguarding against misuse while not stifling innovation or freedom is a nuanced challenge that tech companies continue to navigate. It seems like we're at a crossroads between innovation and responsibility in digital spaces. Thanks for providing such comprehensive insights today, Don. My pleasure, Jonathan. Navigating these challenges will certainly require ongoing attention from both tech companies and policymakers alike. I'll keep you updated on any further developments in this evolving story. The U.S. Supreme Court is once again at the epicenter of a heated political battle. This time, it's about whether former President Donald Trump can be disqualified from appearing on state ballots due to allegations of engaging in insurrection. The implications for the 2024 presidential election are monumental. Pocket Pod News. Political correspondent Jessica Mallory has been following the case closely. Jessica, the justices seem skeptical of the effort to disqualify Trump. What can you tell us about the mood in the courtroom? Indeed, Jonathan. The courtroom atmosphere was palpable with the weight of constitutional history and modern political stakes. It's clear that the justices are wrestling with a complex interplay of legal precedents, the specifics of the 14th Amendment, and the broader implications for American democracy. Let's start at the beginning, Jessica. Can you explain what initiated this lawsuit in Colorado? Absolutely. The case originated with six Colorado voters, led by a figure like Norma Anderson, who has a significant history in Colorado politics as a former leader in both the House of Representatives and Senate. They filed this lawsuit seeking to prevent Donald Trump from appearing on Colorado's Republican primary ballot. Their argument hinges on his actions following the 2020 presidential election, which they allege amount to engaging in an insurrection or rebellion against the Constitution, actions purportedly disqualifying him under the 14th Amendment. That brings us to an interesting point about the 14th Amendment itself. It's not often we see it invoked in modern political disputes. How does it apply here? The 14th Amendment is indeed a rare guest in today's legal battles, especially in contexts like these. Its Section 3 specifically prohibits anyone who is engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the U.S., or given aid or comfort to its enemies from holding office. This provision was crafted during Reconstruction to prevent former Confederates from resuming governmental positions, but has seldom been used since then, only eight times since its ratification, and never before to disqualify a presidential candidate. During oral arguments, what were some of the key concerns raised by Supreme Court justices? During over two hours of oral arguments, justices across the ideological spectrum expressed skepticism about setting a precedent that could lead to broad disqualifications from public office based on alleged insurrectionist behavior, particularly without clear criteria for what constitutes such behavior. Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Elena Kagan were notably vocal about their reservations highlighting concerns about interpreting such pivotal constitutional provisions amidst deeply polarized political landscapes. 
And looking ahead, Jessica, what are some potential implications of this case for Trump's political future and more broadly for American elections? This case stands at a critical juncture, not just for Donald Trump, but for how we interpret eligibility criteria for public office under constitutional law moving forward. Should Trump be disqualified from appearing on primary ballots based on these allegations, it would set a significant precedent regarding accountability for actions deemed supportive of insurrection or rebellion against the U.S. Constitution. Furthermore, it raises fundamental questions about democracy and political stability, specifically how we navigate accusations of such gravity within our electoral system without undermining faith in democratic processes or inflaming partisan divisions further. It certainly sounds like there's much at stake here, both legally and politically. Indeed there is, Jonathan. With implications stretching far beyond this single case or election cycle, it underscores ongoing debates around democracy's resilience and how we safeguard it against threats from within, all through the lens of historical constitutional mechanisms designed precisely for such purposes. Fascinating insights as always, Jessica. Thanks for bringing us up to speed on this critical development from the Supreme Court. My pleasure, Jonathan. It's certainly a topic we'll continue watching closely. And that's The Daily Bite for Saturday, February 10th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Tyler. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to PocketPod.app.